Good morning, everyone. You know, Ryan, I understand the feeling when you forget. Uh, last night, I had this terrible, terrible foreboding that I created this banner for this year. And that's not the banner. We're going to show it in just a minute. But that I written down 1 Corinthians as 2 Corinthians. And so, so I'm in this panic attack, and I'm trying to find it online, and and I dumped the emails to the sign company. Oh no! And so uh, it was pretty frightening. I found out I did put Second Corinthians down. So uh, let's begin by saying that if you want to know what's going on in January, believe it or not, I did get the calendar done on time. So take a look at that. Please note that we have a, our annual men's meeting on the 16th, which would be the, the third Sunday uh, in January. And so if you would make note of that, that would be great. So all the guys would be there for that. And uh, I would really love for someone to volunteer to bring uh, donuts and cookies and, you know, all that other stuff. Because it might be a while, and it's always nice to have comfort food as we talk about, you know, the goals for the year. So just throwing that out there for someone who might be interested. So uh, also, too, please note that in the month of January that we're meeting at the Parks Home for Sunday evening assemblies and for Wednesday evening assemblies. And so uh, please note that if you would, that'd be great. And uh, our college age group will resume uh, this coming Monday, tomorrow night. And we're going to continue working on the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls information. And if you haven't, if, if those of you who are not the college age group have not uh, learned much about the Dead Sea Scrolls, it is profound how they prove the Bible is the word of God. And so if you need that, that encouragement, that would be great. Is there ladies' studies this Thursday? Thursday night at the parks. And uh, is there any other announcements before we sing happy birthday to Miriam and to John Price? Yes. Oh, thank you, honey. Appreciate that. So uh, we show up at the, uh, the uh, New Year's Eve party. And uh, oh, is it somebody's birthday? Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're not safe here, you know. So anyway, we're going to say happy birthday to you in just a minute. So uh, anyway, so you show up at the, the New Year's Eve party, and I'm so thankful. My wife is so thankful for this body. Uh, we love serving the Lord, and we love serving the Lord with you and the, the rich blessings that we received. Uh, uh, I was talking with my wife. We both kind of giggled. Uh, we have a hard time going out because we're so busy helping other people. So uh, several gift cards were to go out to dinner with my wife or her husband, me. So anyway, thank you very much for, you know, encouraging us to do that that way. So here we go. Thank you all for the wonderful basket of goodies, the gift cards, and the thoughtful gifts are so appreciated. But the love and support is most wonder is the most wonderful gift of all. Thank you for the encouragement as we work together side by side in serving the Lord. And that's really true. And I'm, I'm excited about this year. Uh, there's so much that we have done to grow together. And I think this year is going to be one of our finest years, if not the finest. Because it seems like when, when things start to get the pressure, people really are proved on, on their character and I'll tell you, the last two years have been challenging, but I think we have really grown and risen to the occasion and just done some phenomenal things. So I praise God for that. And as the men get together for the men's meeting, you'll see that in so many ways, there's been just 
huge blessings. And as I roll out the, the goals uh, for this year, uh, for 2022, uh, to the men and then to the, the greater congregation, uh, it's pretty amazing to look back and see what we have accomplished and what we're, we're looking forward to accomplishing. So praise God for that. So Miriam, we're going to sing happy birthday to you. And let's see, are, you're in there somewhere. Where's my, where's my little thing? It says Miriam. John Price, I hope you're watching this morning. And uh, Holton, yes, Holton. All right, Holton, how old are you now? How old? Oh, 15. Okay, I thought you were 16. So, but, all right. You're still driving though, right? Just as long as you don't get caught. <laughs> Good job, man. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. I know that's why you came to assembly today. It's just so you can. Now, I do have one more announcement. So I, I want you to give it up for three young men that got out here super early in the morning and uh, loaded up our, our wood room downstairs. And I want the, the, the two Halstead boys, oldest Halstead boys, and, and my son Ryan. Let's give it up for them. They filled the wood room. And so not only do they start them, they provide the wood to start them. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Oh, you just supervised. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty smart. Hey, will you grab your uh, lesson plans? And we're going to start here in just a moment. Gentlemen, could you help me out? Not just with the wood, but they are going to hold up the new banner for this year. And uh, I have to share with you that it's been an amazing blessing to see how each year's theme has really helped the congregation be focused and grow. And so notice uh, this year the, the, the theme is the fifth spiritual law of momentum, the power of trust. As you know, I've been thinking about this ever since men's camp in August. What should be the theme? And right before I decided to go to the hospital for COVID, I decided we're going we're gonna to do the theme on the power of trust. And so uh, I'm going to get that up here today. Uh, I came out yesterday and I'm not strong enough or big enough or tall enough to lift some of the ladders, right? You know what I'm talking about, Jeff? I've about got a hernia just looking at it. So anyway, uh, maybe one of these young bucks would help me get the, the ladder uh, stood up. But thank you, gentlemen, for that. We're going to put it up there right after assembly. That would be great. So let me, let me begin by having you read the two anchor scriptures in the book of Jeremiah and in 2 Corinthians. Uh, please turn with me to the book of Jeremiah and chapter 17. This year, um, in light of the past themes, trust is really the next building block. We talked about perseverance last year and the year before the power of his presence in our life. But now we need, to, we need to really focus on trusting God in everything. And you'll see why that's important. Beginning there in verse 7, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. 
but its leaves will be green and, and it, will be, it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. I love that passage of scripture and we're going to read it in context uh, uh, this morning. But I also want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians and chapter 1. You know, oftentimes I've thought, oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is just about God comforting people who, who have problems. Well, there is so much more to chapter 1. And uh, verse 9 is a very, a very powerful statement about trusting God. And we'll read it again in the context a little bit later. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Let's pray. Lord, as we uh, begin the year by looking at these anchor verses, I pray to your Heavenly Father that as we lay out these two verses, it will be evident the importance of understanding first and foremost our trust in you. I would pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would help us to recognize that all relationships are built upon trust. It is truly foundational. It is the monumental piece of every relationship that allows us to grow close together, to serve together, to build together, and to be effective in working with you in building that unshakable kingdom that you have called us to be. And so, Father, I ask that you would help us in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I do have some words of encouragement, but I'm going to save those to the end of the, the day because I want you to focus for just a moment. In times of instability, like we are now experiencing, in this country and worldwide, in times of instability, trust in God is foundational and monumental in every relationship. And how to build trust within the context of the kingdom of God really goes back to our trust in God himself. We need to recognize that as Christians, we're going to survive the difficult times, but even more important, as we see in the Apostle Paul, in Jesus Christ, in Timothy, and in all of those, those Old Testament, New Testament greats, they not only survived, but they actually excelled to survive and thrive in a world gone crazy. And you know, when Jesus came into the world, it was a dark, dark, dark place. Human slavery abounded. Life was meaningless. People were sacrificed on a whim. And we take a look around and if you look at statistics, and I think Jeff would confirm this, human slavery is greater today than it ever has been. Think about that for just a minute. We're not talking about bringing some people on a boat here. We're talking about so many young people in the United States 
have become slaves. There are slaves being imported into the United States now. You're saying, I don't believe you. Do a little research. The United States is not the only place where human slavery abounds, and it seems like people are closing a blind eye to it. Whenever I've talked about uh, sex slavery here and wanting to do something about it, people don't want to hear it. So it's important for us to recognize that the culture that we live in, the world that we live in, is as awful and perverse and violent as it was when Jesus came into the world, when Noah built the ark. We need to recognize and understand that the world is not a safe place for people and for relationships. Therefore, for us to not just survive, but we must thrive, it must be built our relationships must be built on trust. Complete trust in God and his word is foundational and essential in every human relationship. Trust in God is foundational and essential in every human relationship. If we don't trust in God, we cannot be trustworthy. Let me explain that before we really get into the scriptures this morning. If you don't trust God completely, then you don't trust his word and you won't live according to his word in everything. You'll do some of the things he says, but you're going to do some things the way you think they ought to be done. Now, you, my friend, are not the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are not absolute. God is absolute. If you will trust implicitly in everything he says, so much so that you are willing to rely upon what he says, even though it may not seem to make sense, you will be a man or a woman of integrity. We're going to study the word integrity deeply. God is what we would call integral, complete, perfect, without flaw, absolute, never changing, always the same. You can absolutely rely and depend on God to give you the right answer every single time. He will not leave you or forsake you. You can put complete and total trust in his provision. If you do not, there are going to be areas in your life that are going to be fluid. And that's where the danger comes in. Brethren, we need to recognize that trust God is how we can become trustworthy. How we can become reliable, dependable, responsible, loyal. Men and women of integrity and virtue. It's absolutely essential in this day. When instability comes into our lives, we have a tendency, and I'm not talking just me, not you, but the human experience, we have a tendency to draw back and solve the problem ourselves or be reactionary. We cannot be reactionary in these days. Because people's lives depend on it. 
Our lives together depend on it. We need to be proactive, not reactive. When things begin to unfold in this year, and I don't know what will come, but I do know that 2020 and 2021 have been a repeat of, well, who knows, maybe 2022. We need to be ready. We need to be ready not to react, but be proactive. Not scared, but prepared. People get freaked out, and then they react, and they default to self. I've shared this with you before, and I want you to really think about this. When I walked with an old babushka in Moscow for a day, she talked about the Russian Revolution and how her grandfather was a part of the Russian Revolution, a.k.a. social justice warriors, and they thought everybody should be equal. They found out that that was not really what the plan was. The plan was to destroy and to replace with just different dictators. It was not a czar. It was the Communist Politburo. What ended up happening is nobody trusted anybody, and then everybody became easy victims. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this. Has the trust in mankind in general increased or decreased? What do you think? Decreased? Increased? Do you trust your government? Hey, how about, do you trust your money? No. <laughs> you see, we're finding that people that we thought we could trust let us down. Jesus selected 12 men. He trusted them and entrusted them with everything. And one of those guys let him down. All of those guys took off running. It's important for us to recognize that we need to be men and women of absolute integrity and virtue so that people can trust us. We can only do that if we implicitly trust God and give ourselves to trust and obey. Because really, honestly, the song is right. There's no other way to be joyful, to be happy, to be blessed unless we trust and obey God. And then our relationships will be blessed. And the church body will be blessed. Your physical families will be blessed. Now let's jump right in, if you wouldn't mind, with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. But I want to do an expanded version because really we need to read it in context. Verse 5 down through verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 through verse 10. Listen very carefully to what is being shared here contextually. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and it will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wash wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without habitation. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. 
For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each one according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Now, if you'll take a look at your little lesson plan, I hope you have one. Really quickly, take a look at the three points there that I have for that first passage of scripture. Beware of misplaced trust. If you put your trust in people who are fallible, unless they have proved trustworthy over and over and over and over and over again, you'll be sorely let down. You will. You know, betrayal is a terrible thing. There are two psalms dedicated to Judas and his betrayal of Jesus Christ. The first speaks of how painful it was for Jesus Christ. It talks about the excruciating pain of the betrayal. But then a little bit later in Psalms 109, it talks about the curse that came upon Judas and his family. For the betrayal. And so notice that that the excruciating pain for the one betrayed. And yet Jesus stayed the course. He did not take his eyes off of his father. He stayed the course. He did not give up. How oftentimes sadly we've seen people give up on the church. Because they were betrayed. Don't do that. You follow Jesus. Don't let those who are hypocritical, who are fraudulent, keep you from staying the course and fixing your eyes on Jesus. For he is the one who's absolute, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do you put your trust in? You put your trust in your cars. You put your trust in your 401k. You put your trust in your money. You put your trust in people. You will be disappointed. It's important that you put trust in in God first, and in those who are faithful, as we're going to see in another passage of Scripture. Trust in the Lord who is our trust. Take a look at this verse here. It's a rather interesting verse. It might be a little confusing. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. To trust the Lord is to believe in him that he is trustworthy. That what he says, he will do. And what he says, if you follow through, he will bless. I've had people say, well, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried the Bible. It doesn't work. I've actually had people say that. Maybe for, if you've worked with people, you've had people say that too. Well, I've tried that. I've tried. It doesn't work. Well, the problem is, is that they haven't worked what the Bible actually calls them to do. They have gone with their own smarts rather than really what the Bible is teaching. But here's the other thing here. What do you put your confidence in? That second phrase there, and whose trust is the Lord, that word there in the Hebrew is the word confident. 
Where do you put your confidence? Who do you put your confidence in? I remember someone in this audience, I love and appreciate them very, very much. They said, you know, I'll continue to trust you as long as you live faithfully for him. Is that an okay statement? You know what this person was actually saying? Is if you trust in God and do what he says, I know that I can trust you because you'll always do what is right. I wish I could say that I have always done that which was right. I've made some poor choices and decisions in leadership and it's hurt people. I want you to depend on Jesus Christ always and in every way. And as I do that, we will grow in integrity and then we can be trustworthy. There are Tons of lessons on tools on how to become men and women of integrity. Look at this, the second, uh, the third part here in Jeremiah. Take a look at chapter 17 and look at verse 9 and 10. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Let me suggest something to you, that you and I can deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves. You may not believe that, but it's true. God says it right there. The human heart is desperately sick and deceitful. Is it possible you rationalize your behavior? You logically rationalize it so it seems to line up with your ethical system. Now, it might not line up so well with God's, but it lines up with yours perfectly. That's called what? Rationalizing your behavior. How about if you, and this is important now, to be men and women of integrity, trustworthy, ones who can be trusted, what if you take your life and allow the word of God to be that standard? Instead of what I think, what does God say? Then all of a sudden, when we begin to evaluate our lives based upon God's word, we then make the changes necessary. How many of you know the scripture, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9? God is not slow about keeping his promise of coming back and destroying the world and all who are in it that are opposed to him. He's not slow about that promise, but he is patient with you. He's talking to Christians, by the way. He's patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but to all to come to repentance. Let's use the word of God, brethren, then, to examine our hearts consistently. If you use the word of God and it, pierces your heart in something that you're doing that is not according to God's will, and you make the change, you become more of a man of integrity or more of a woman of virtue, and you can then be more trusted. Do you see how important that it is to trust completely in God and com trust completely in his word and not say, well, I just think that we should do it this way? What does God say? You become then a man of integrity or a woman of virtue trusted. Now, what about First or Second Corinthians? Second Corinthians in chapter one. 
This is the passage of scripture that is, is so essential for us to hear. And again, I, I don't want to scare you. I want to prepare you for what the future may hold. But we you need to be ones who recognize the world we live in. There is a, and I wish I could remember, I've been looking, looking, looking for it. There is a, a psychological uh, mindset in most human beings. They don't want to look at the facts when the facts tell them that, that the ship is, you know, is going off the cliff. They don't want to, they don't want to look at it. We're fine. We're fine. We really do need to look at the things going on around us and realize that our relationships are critical to remain strong. We're going to talk a lot about community, the community of Christ, the body of Christ, and being united as one is our strength. Not being individuals, but united as one. Now, take a look at this passage of scripture. It's profound. Beginning in verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came upon us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead. Now look at verse 10. For who... Del- who delivered us from a great peril of death and will deliver us now, he on whom we have set our hope. And it goes on to say, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given to many persons on on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. If you look at the second part of the lesson here, it says, Trust in times of great trials and affliction. We have a tendency to put our trust in ourselves to solve our problems. We have a tendency to default to, 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 to you know, man up and do it on our own. Instead of reaching out to a trusted brother or sister in Christ or sharing a need with a trusted brother or sister in Christ so that they might pray for us. And as we do it on our own, the devil cheers Notice for the Apostle Paul and his associates. What does he say there? Burdened excessively inside, beyond our own strength inside, despair inside, fear of death. I'm glad we haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm glad that we've been given time to prepare, to be proactive, not reactive, to be prepared for what may come. There's a lot of churches teaching a lot of fun stuff, enjoyable things. But when I was a kid, I got blindsided a lot by a lot of people. What has blindsided me? Well, I used to fight a lot, so blindsided. You know what blindsided means, TJ? Yeah, I know you do. We've talked about it. It's not fun, is it? I would much prefer to know what's coming at me than to have, oh, I'm just going to have fun until it actually hits me. Right? Amen? Amen. I want to be prepared and proactive. That's what this is about. So take a look here in the next part, though. 
The next part is so important there in verse 9. Indeed, we have the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God. That's an interesting statement. God is faithful. We need to trust in his deliverance. Notice it says he's going to deliver. He's delivered us in the past. He'll deliver us now. And we know then he's going to deliver us in the future. Where's your confidence? He's delivered us in the past. He's delivering us now. And he will deliver us until he's done with us in fulfilling his will. So we need to have this mindset. The Apostle Paul never whined and moaned and groaned when he went out and preached the gospel and things didn't work out quite the way he was planning. He gets a dream to go into Macedonia. I talked about that this morning. He's trying to go into Asia. God said, no, no, no. He goes into Macedonia, brings a, a, a lady and her family to Christ real quick. Man, that's great. She was a Jewish lady that was looking for the truth. Easy peasy, I'm telling you what, but it was a man in my dream that was calling out to me. So guess what? He gets beaten brutally and thrown into prison. Now, the common human response would be, what are you doing? Lord, you called me to, what are you doing? Well, that very night, he immersed the jailer and his family into Christ Jesus. Notice, Paul trusted God and lead him to that place, and no matter what happened, he was going to serve God. He didn't say, now wait a minute, this is all supposed to be, you know, just sailing through. You know, Paul never quit until they finally cut his head off. In Rome, Nero got her done. He lived faithfully to the last day, trusting God to his last breath, knowing that everything that happened to him, God allowed, and he could use that to serve God. Is that how much you trust God? I have to be honest, I'm working on that one. The last three years have been tremendous for me in personal growth and spiritual growth. How about you? It really has. I've had to make some hard decisions. You know, am I going to be a whiner or am I going to be a winner in this? And uh, I, I'm really working hard at choosing to be a winner and not a whiner. I don't know if you're happy about that, but it makes it a lot more enjoyable for me, at least. It's super important we trust in God. God is faithful to deliver until he's done with us. Are you okay with being a tool of God? And when the tool has finished his or her work, he'll retire that tool. I don't know about you, but that's the best part. Allow God to use you, trust him completely until your last breath. And no matter what that breath, last breath looks like, be okay in serving God in even the worst of situations because you trust him and know that he will continue to deliver until that last day. Paul did, Jesus did, Timothy did, the great faithfuls in both Old and New Testament did. How about us? How about you? How about me? I want to be ready to do that. Finally, this last part is really quite important. Look at verse 11. Paul says, You also, brethren, joining in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given to many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. 
There were people praying fervently for the Apostle Paul. And I think many times he was delivered because people were praying fervently for him. Now, how can I say that? Do you know anything about angel armies being sent to protect, to provide, to prevail on behalf of God for that man or woman in prayer? There's scriptures all over the place. We need to recognize and understand, brethren, that when we talk about, you know, praising and, and asking God prayer requests, you should share with trusted brothers and sisters that you trust and have proved trustworthy, ask them to pray for you. I think sometimes we don't because we don't think people will. Shame on us. If you make a commitment to pray for somebody, stop what you're doing and pray right then. Want to know why? I said, I'll pray for you. And if I don't do it right then, and you know I got get pretty busy, I don't. I just lied. Now look, it's important for us to pray for other people. God will work through the prayers of a righteous man or woman. Brother, we need to recognize and understand that if we haven't been praying like we ought, time's going to come where we need to pray like we ought. That's what delivered the Apostle Paul until such time he was done. We're going to give tools that are going to help us to answer some questions. The first question is, is, is how can I trust God when all this terrible stuff is happening? That's a great question. There's nothing wrong with asking that question. How can I trust you, God, when all this crazy stuff is going on? Great question. Ask the question, but be willing to listen to God and his answer in the word. How about this one? How can I trust people when they betray me? That's a great question. You'll see that you shouldn't trust them until they prove trustworthy. Forgive them? Yeah, give them some grace so they can grow out of their mess. But you have to wait until they prove trustworthy. You're a fool if you don't. And we'll look at the scriptures that clearly teach that. How can I personally build trustworthiness in the eyes of others? That's a great question. We'll answer that one. How can I decide on who I should trust and who I should not trust? That's a great question as well. How do I respond when trust is broken? That's a great one too. The first one though is primary. How can I trust God? If you don't get that one down, all the other ones aren't going to make a whole lot of sense. So we're going to start by looking, how can I, we, his people, trust God? The answers are everywhere in the scriptures. And so that's where we're going to start next week. How can we trust God even in light of all the craziness in the world? Where is God? Why is he letting all this stuff happen? Well, He's got the answers. So let's close in a word of prayer and I pray that you'll come back and you'll be consistent, men and women of integrity, constant in growing in trust in God and trustworthiness. Let's pray. Father, my son Ryan was speaking about 
a military action in Vietnam. I think sometimes, Father, I forget that we are in the most horrific war that any human eye has ever seen, and that is a war for the eternal souls of man. And Satan is working overtime to secure every soul, to steal every heart, to deceive and, 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 and misguide, to trick. Now, Father, it's so important for us then to be men and women of integrity so that others can trust us as we desire to lead them to heaven. But that can only happen if we trust you. And I pray that you would help us to learn how to do that. And in the coming weeks, let's learn tools. I pray that the tools that would be, excuse me, the tools that would be shared would be tools that could be used so that we can grow in our trust in you, which means our integrity will grow and our trustworthiness in the eyes of the brethren will grow. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and get all excited. Oh, oh, but wait, I got it. No, you can stand up if you want. Or sit down if you want. But I do need a helper. Andrew, what a blessing seeing you with the boys playing games on New Year's Eve. Let's give it up for Andrew. Woohoo! By the way, this is what happens when you sacrifice yourself. Andrew, I like it when you help us in Bible class. Max. Mr. Andrew, I like playing games with you on Friday night. Braxton. I thought there was another one here. I, I guess uh, not everybody's there yet, but we're getting there, right? <laughs> Elijah, I like playing games with you Friday night too. Braxton. <laughs> Mr. D. This has nothing to do with Friday night and playing games. Mr. D, your message today was awesome. Ty. And Emma, I like playing games with you on Friday night. Braxton. Braxton likes playing games with people. There you go. All right, now let's get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.